We've been spending a lot of time on the virus because the news keeps changing, and I want to bring you up to speed and bring you up to date. And joining me to help me do that now, the governor of the great state of Georgia, Governor Kemp. Uh, Welcome. How are you? Hey, doing great. Good morning, Eric. Uh, I've got to tell you, my my wife actually informed me yesterday. I had to read this on air. She has a message for you. She heard your press conference yesterday, and and she she insisted I read on air yesterday uh, to thank you for your press conference and your leadership and your level-headedness and willingness to be calm and and steady and and give people information. She she hadn't heard you give the press conference before, and she just really appreciated it. Well, tell her I appreciate that. I apologize. It was a long one yesterday. We just had a lot of information we had to get through, but we feel like that's important to let our citizens know what what's going on. Georgians are resourceful people, and uh, they just want to be be able to act to what the situation is. And we're trying to just tell them like it is. So it, tell us like it is. What, what, there there does seem to be a concern, and I've been trying to reiterate with people that there's there's not a public health fear that everyone's going to get this and fall over dead. But if we can't get the number of infections to slow their spread, we're going to run out of hospital capacity for the people who need it, it seems like. Well, Eric, you know, somebody asked me a question. I can't remember if it was last night or this morning. There's been so much going on, but what kind of kept me up at night? And that's the one issue that really concerns me. Um, that's what's so troubling about how this coronavirus affects the elderly population, the medically fragile, and, you know, having our healthcare systems overrun creates massive problems, whether it's Georgia or anywhere else. So that's one reason I announced the subcommittee on preparedness yesterday that General John King, who's our insurance commissioner, he's got 30 years of experience doing this in the National Guard literally around the world and around the country. Uh, And he's going to be the forward-looking guy looking at supplies, looking at facilities, looking at logistics networks to make sure that we're keeping the supply chain open and getting supplies where they need to go. Uh, So we've been working on that, but we ramped that up yesterday, and uh, we're really digging in on that today. Now, let's talk about schools, because I know you mentioned yesterday uh, you weren't going to order schools to shut down, but it looks like a lot of the metro Atlanta schools got the message. And then there are parts of the state, like the the mid-state, where we don't have any confirmed viruses yet, and even they're starting to think maybe they should go on and, and shut down just to play it safe. Well, it's really interesting. You know, make a, when you make a decision like that, you, you don't really know how it's going to play out. You're trying to deal with the information that we're getting. And I've been telling people, you know, this just isn't me sitting in the room deciding to do something. It's, you know, I'm consulting with the Department of Public Health, Dr. Toomey, a lot of other folks on the task force. We've been hearing from school superintendents all over the state. So, you know, we're taking a lot of information in before we're making decisions like that. You know, Governor DeWine in Ohio ordered all schools shut, but they had their first case five days before we did. Uh, so I feel like the action we took yesterday to give the locals the flexibility allowed those that need to close, which certainly we have more cases in the metro area than we do, as you just said. And, in, in, for example, in middle Georgia, you don't have any. So it gives those superintendents in middle Georgia a little bit more time to plan for the what-ifs. Uh, some of them are trying to get to spring break, so that gives them some more time where they don't lose as many days. And I just felt like at this point in time that our locals probably knew better than a, than a full mandate of just closing every single school in the state. And I feel like they've acted very appropriately. We've gotten great feedback from those saying, hey, thanks for, you know, for those that wanted to close, thanks for freeing us up to do that and, you know, not putting us where, you know, somebody would criticize us for doing that. But then the ones that wanted to stay open are appreciative of that. 
and and not having criticized been being criticized for doing that. So I think right now we've struck the right balance. You know, if things continue to get worse in the next few days, then then we'll address potentially looking at other options. And and uh, but that'll be that'll be based on the information we're getting from a lot of other people. Now, one of the big things we're seeing, of course, is the legislature's deciding to go home. Where where does that leave the state of of the budget and and the the finances for the state with the legislature leaving? Well, we're going to be fine. And, you know, the amended budget that passed is sitting on my desk. We're reviewing that now. I have to sign that in the next few days. Has a $100 million that would come out of the rainy day fund, if you will, and go into the governor's emergency fund. We can use that money if we need it. If we don't to, don't use it, it will fall back into into the reserve fund. But it does give us a little bit of a safety net. So I'm very appreciative of the leadership that we had with the legislature and their support on getting that done. So that gives us some breathing room. The 2021 budget or the big budget that would go into effect um, the 1st of July, you know, we still have plenty of time to work on that budget and get it done. So I think we're in great shape right now during the suspension of the legislature. And look, Eric, everybody agreed we need to get out of this building. Uh, this is probably one of the worst places in the world that you can be in a situation like this with uh, as easily as that virus spreads. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then everybody in this room, you know, building lives in a different community across our state. If you end up getting a bunch of people infected here and they leave and go home and don't know it, you're just, you know, you're transporting that disease to other parts of our state or that virus. And that is not something that we want to run, wanted to run the risk of doing. Well, just I know you, you, your time is short. You got a lot of things to do. Let, let me ask you just one more here. What do you expect uh, in the next few days? That our epidemiologist community, and the CDC, has been actually pretty spot on with where they see this virus growing in in Georgia. What should we expect, and what should we be thinking about? Well, I think we're going to continue to see cases go up. We've got a great new virtual website at the Department of Public Health where you can see where this is occurring. We now have the ability. When we get the the test results back, we can enter that into the system just almost instantaneously. So we'll be able to keep the public and the press updated uh, even better than we have been doing, which I feel like has been been very well received from people. But we're, we got to do like you said, you know, we got to try to flatten this curve. You know, we can't run from the issue of it being here. It's going to continue to spread. What we need to do is mitigate how many people get this, especially our elderly population. That's why I've been just urging and begging and pleading with people. If you are an elderly citizen, if you're medically fragile, just stay home. Just get in a good, safe place. Have your, you know, healthier, younger family members get your groceries, get your medicines, you know, help you with your day-to-day outside-the-home activities. And uh, just don't risk it because we don't need a lot of elderly folks showing up in our health care facilities with acute care issues where they're going to be there for many, many days. Uh, and we aren't able to treat things like heart attacks and other other things of that nature, at least can't do them like we normally do. Um, so that that's really my message to people is continue to use good common sense, washing your hands, you know, use social distancing and things of that nature just to stay safe and safe and let's help curb the the trend that we're seeing and that includes church this sunday i I assume well we certainly you know i made a point of making that known yesterday some of our great religious leaders around the state uh uh, i know louis giglio and others have have suspended services they're going to go online i think it was north point or somewhere yeah did that as well 
Uh, I, I very much appreciate that. I know our church, the uh, Episcopal Diocese here in Atlanta, has sent out information to try to cut down uh, and use really safe practices. I haven't heard about whether they're going to hold services or not. But I think if people, if people have any doubt, just don't go. Pray at home. Watch it online. And certainly if you're sick, please do not go out to an event like that, a religious service like that. Do not go to your health care provider's waiting room, or for goodness sakes, don't go to the emergency room. Please call your physician or numbers where you can get guidance on how uh, you can be dealt with where you don't further infect the public. Well, listen, I, and I know I, I'm being advised. I'm actually up in Atlanta today, and, and my wife's oncology team and everybody would like me to stay out of Atlanta, so I'm going to do my show and get home before the next show and bunker down to, to just protect my wife. And thank you very much for all you're doing. I, I really do appreciate it. You've been a voice of calm and reason in all of this. Have a great day and stay safe, Eric. Thank you. You too. That's Governor Brian Kemp.